0: The Guardian.
1: Youth unemployment has been a problem in this country for well over a decade, in good years and in bad,
2: and what we have to do is sort out all of the things that help young people get back into work.
0: One in five 16 to 24 year olds, 965,000 of them are now out of work. And this summer's school leavers and new graduates will be joining the toughest labour market for a generation. With thousands more public sector job cuts to come, the government is hoping that the private sector will take up the slack. But unemployment is still rising, and young people seem to be bearing the brunt. So why are so many of them struggling to find work? Should the government be doing more? And what are the consequences of doing nothing? I'm Heather Stewart, and in this week's business podcast, we'll look at the future for what's being called The Lost Generation. Feel so lazy. You don't feel like there's a reason to wake up in the morning because at the end of the day, you know you're waking up to the same old boring life. I want to work. Out. I want to get up at six o'clock in the morning and come home at sometimes seven and eight o'clock at night. I put my feet up, have a cup of coffee or tea, and feel just that that really nice knackered that you've worked for that day. You've worked for your wage at the end of the week. That when you got your bank account and put your card in press the balance button you're actually gonna see a wage that you work for and it'll make you heart you know, feel warmer I've been employed now since I was uh, 18 years old just for um, I had my first daughter what other the options are out there for me I've been out of work now since what oh wait oh wait have three year already wow. wow
3: 21 year old man I've done what I did three years at college for what the lead is bad you go in there, yeah, you look at all them machines, yeah. I got, I phoned for a
0: job the other day, yeah. Oh, yeah, you I'm
1: overqualified. I was there when they phoned Over-qual- How can
0: you be overqualified for a job? Voices there from outside a branch of Job Centre Plus in Leeds. Having scrapped the Future Jobs Fund, which provided subsidised work for young people, the government has faced claims from the opposition that it's not doing enough to help create opportunities for the under-25s. Labour leader Ed Miliband had this to say in the Commons...
1: Now let me ask him specifically about youth unemployment. His own former chief economist said this morning that he thought they were wrong to scrap the educational maintenance allowance, that they were wrong to scrap the Future Jobs Fund and should have been building on it. And I know he likes to make an industry out of saying the Future Jobs Fund was the wrong thing to do. But what did he say before the election? He went to Liverpool and said it was a good scheme He'd been inspired by what he saw. Why doesn't he listen to young people and their families up and down the country and take real action to help them?
0: With me in the studio today, I have The Guardian's economics correspondent, Philip Inman. Alongside him, John Philpott, Chief Economist at the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development. And from the Federation of Small Businesses, Andrew Cave. Welcome to you all. Philip, are the government vulnerable, do you think, to the charge that they're not doing enough to tackle youth unemployment?
1: I think... crux of it of course is is growth and we need growth and we need to create jobs through encouraging growth and the government's going to be under real pressure in this budget that's coming up next month to uh, give people some confidence really because I think confidence underlies an awful lot of what we're talking about here that there are that the government is behind them the government isn't just interested in cutting uh, deficits and simply paying back our debts, it's actually interested in growth and interested in employment. And I think that's um, going to be a difficult one for them to put off.
0: Andrew, your organisation represents small businesses. Young people are generally cheaper and easier to train. Why is it they're falling behind the rest of society in the job market, do you think?
2: I think there's a longer-term problem that was identified uh, even before the recession that people leaving school and university now are not necessarily employment-ready. Um, it's a common complaint we hear from our members, but I don't think that's the problem in this instance. All the research points to small businesses uh, hiring most likely to hire the under-skilled, those who have been out of work for a long time, and over seventy, per, or close to seventy percent of apprenticeships reside in small businesses. But at the moment the economic conditions are just not right for small businesses to be taking on apprentices or creating jobs and until we get those fundamentals right um, the situation for young people is, is not going to improve.
0: John you warned last year that we could face a, a job loss recovery do you think that's that prediction is now coming true and is it right to say do you think that young people are being particularly hard hit?
3: Well I think the job loss recovery looks as though it's going to be uh, fulfilled and of course young people are suffering more in this uh, recession than normal uh, employers held on to many of their older existing staff and cut back on hiring big time and before we see m- many more opportunities coming forward for young people we're going to need to see that increase in demand and uh, and hiring again I mean you know uh, although there is uh, an underlying structural element to youth unemployment the fact that it's close to a million and rising is um, is really due to the uh, the recession and its aftermath, and putting it very simply, there just aren't enough jobs for young people.
0: And Andrew, are there things that your members would say business could do to to help them to take on young people or is it is it simply you know the scale of, of the downturn that they're facing?
2: There's certainly the aspiration among small businesses to take on young people. Um, it's it's small businesses operate at the local community so they see day in, day out the effects of uh, particularly youth unemployment. Um, and things that have run up until recently, like the graduate internship scheme, are very popular in small businesses. Um, small businesses need the extra help, the slight incentive um, and clearing away of the red tape that allows them to take on an apprentice or a graduate intern, but there's certainly the the desire to do that and the appetite.
0: And Philip, there was research last year from the IPPR that suggested that young people from ethnic minorities were particularly hard hit, with with more than half of young black men being out of work. How much of the problem we've talked a bit about this, but how much do you think is is caused by the recession, and how much of it is a longer-term structural problem, as Cameron was trying to suggest?
1: Well. I mean, for, for lots of aspects, whether you're an ethnic minority or just a young person generally, I think we're entering into a kind of existential question of what are we going to do to earn a crust in the future. Mm. And you could see that um, the Labour government was starting to ask that question in the last few years before it got chucked out. Um, and we had reports from people like Alan Milburn who said well what we what we need to do is get into professional services that 's going to be the future for a country like Britain. We can export that to other countries they 're not up to sp- you know they 're knocking out all kinds of white goods at a cheap rate like China or whatever, but they have no clue as to how to be an accountant or a, or a legal ser- provide legal services all that kind of stuff in a very western way and that he said there would be like a, i think one point one million jobs could be created." in all those sorts of jobs, not just from top lawyers, but, I mean, you know, all the way down. And that's the sort of job that our people should be looking to do, not metal bashing. We're just not going to be in the metal bashing business. I mean, obviously there will be. There'll be high-end engineering and all that kind of stuff. But if you're talking about millions of jobs, it's much more that kind of area that we should be thinking about. But I don't think there's much thinking going on at the moment.
0: Does that ring true to you, John? Where do you think the jobs are going to come from if you're looking beyond this you know, immediate downturn, where is the job creation going to be, do you think? Well, I think
3: the the answer economists always give to this is that uh, we don't really know where they're going to come from. But one assumes that if you can get, you know, the economy growing um, Mm. at trend or above, uh, you know, sort of jobs will be created. Mm. I think over the longer term, I'm probably, you know, sort of slightly less pessimistic than um, Phil on on this issue. Um, Mm. I I, I think the sort of supply of uh, young people for jobs that will be created, um, you know, we'll see those jobs created over the longer term. I think the difficulty really at the present is the next, two or three years I mean we've got a problem such as um, uh, sort of one in five graduates unemployed and of course a lot of graduates in work are taking jobs that would otherwise have gone to people with less skills they're being pushed and that knocks on
0: to the following year that's absolutely right and of course
3: the um, you know the scarring problem that people talk about the experience of being out of work um, when you're young is probably going to be most acute for people with uh, less skills or few opportunities because I think once demand does return the graduates will probably be in a relatively strong position to benefit, but people um, at the bottom of the pile are are going to find it uh, very difficult. And that's why um, sort of initiatives like the Future Jobs Fund were potentially so helpful. And I think it is, um, you know, a retrograde step that that's been... uh, uh, taken away, um, because although, you know, I mean, the government's going to replace some of it with increased apprenticeship um, places, as, as Alan said, employers, you know, don't take on apprentices for the sake of it, they take them on um, if there is demand for the products and services that they're producing, and yeah. at present that doesn't seem to be the case. At least the Future Jobs Fund was giving money to local authorities, giving money to charities to create opportunities, which mm-hmm. uh, was much better than leaving people to fester on the dole.
0: And to fill the gap before that private sector demand. E- exactly. comes back i guess are are there things government should be doing do you think andrew i mean obviously the budget's coming up are there other things your members would like to see or i think i
2: I would agree with the view that uh, cutting programs at this particular time is a retrograde step Um, it's quite clear that the short-term savings have a longer term implications and the schemes that we've been closely working with such as the apprenticeship scheme um, and also the graduate internship scheme we see the benefit in that There is an initial cost outlay, but when you look at the benefits in terms of uh, welfare benefits saving and payroll taxes that will be paid in through jobs created, it more than pays for itself. These schemes have to be in place, and we have to look at this problem in a positive light and see it as an opportunity of connecting the vast majority of businesses with a pool of often very talented people, um, so that when we do see an upturn, job creation is a part of that recovery.
0: And the skills are there, are they? Because that's one of the complaints we often hear, isn't it, is, is you know, young people don't have the skills, they don't have the, the, the aptitudes...
2: There is an ongoing problem with matching skill sets with demand but yes of course the skills are there and anecdotal evidence from uh, our members who've worked with graduates found that having a fresh pair of eyes coming into a business allows them to grow in a way that they wouldn't have thought of before and it often creates opportunities that lead to job creation Um, and it's about making that connection and I think there's a lot more that government can do to facilitate that.
0: So, Phil, the public finances were slightly more healthy than expected in January, we learned yesterday. And there's also an extra £800 million from from the increase in the bank tax for this year. Do do you think George Osborne will come up with some measures in March?
1: Uh, No, I don't. I think that he will um, stick with his line that um, he's got to keep cutting the deficit. He's got to keep the markets happy. Um, And I don't think that they'll want to, to backtrack. So, while we might get a few pennies here and there, I don't think we're going to get any major shift, which would mean that, say, John's thing of, you know, hundreds of thousands of jobs being created, you know, you're going to talk about small numbers here and there, you know, we've got little pots of money for the North East, we've got this and that going on, but... But most of it is still in train. Most of it's not up and running yet. Most of it, I think, will they'll just kind of keep announcing. Gordon brown s kind of keep announcing it as if it's fresh. But in fact, you, you it's, it's, it's oven ready film. because you prepared <laughs> it last year. And, yes. You know, there'll yeah. be that kind of stuff. Because yeah. I think that... You know they'll they'll try and paint us as still being in a desperate hole as a country, and you know Greece, Portugal, all this other stuff will come be trotted out, and yeah, uh, and that's yeah. that's the game they'll play.
0: Yes, yeah, so heaven forbid that our youth employment becomes like Greece's. But I mean, anyway, John, on a sort of a much broader scale, it's quite a crude comparison, but. You could say we're currently seeing some of the consequences of very high youth unemployment in the Middle East with the unrest that we've seen and so on. How important is it socially in the long term to make sure that we don't have a big cohort of, of society who who you know are out of the job market and can't make their way, do you think?
3: Well, obviously, um, you know, we've seen in previous areas of high unemployment in this country that it can trigger social unrest. And I suspect that we'll see um, some this year, whatever happens to the uh, jobs figures, simply because of the uh, social impact of the, the cuts. I think it's particularly problematic, though, um, if uh, young people are suffering most, because there's almost a sense at present at which the young feel as though they're kind of victims um, from... Um, various directions we've not not only got uh, youth joblessness we've got the uh, uh, introduction of, uh, of, of student tuition fees um, you know cutbacks in some of the um, maintenance allowance for people to stay on in college difficulties getting on the the housing ladder even though um, I'm you know slightly more um, optimistic than Phil on the potential for the economy to create jobs. Um, There is a sense, I think, in which young people are wondering whether there is a deal for them in society at present and what their um, sort of stake is over the longer term. And if that's not addressed, um, I think that will create, you know, if not extreme uh, social tensions than at least a lot of um, unrest bubbling under the surface. Mm -hmm. And of course, these young people have um, parents uh, who are in their, you know, sort of uh, 30s, 40s, early 50s, who will be saying, you know, what is there for our children? Mm -hmm. Um, We're being squeezed. They see little opportunity. You know, what's going to happen next?
0: Mm -hmm. Phil, I know you've got long-standing concerns about the kind of demographic divide between different <clears throat> groups in society. What's Do you very this kindly called the uh,
1: intergenerational transfer. Indeed. Yeah. Well, yes. I think it's very interesting because Martin Will, who we mentioned, you know, uh, we were talking earlier about the Bank of England, and he's a bit of a hawk on the Bank of England, but he's coming out with a report tomorrow, I think it's tomorrow, where he's talking about intergenerational transfer. Mm. Um, and so I think a lot of people are starting to think more generally that the baby boomers are putting the squeeze on on the younger generation and it doesn't matter what you know managing directors of small businesses say or academics or politicians all of most of whom are in the baby boomer generation the fact is that they are not supporting policies despite, despite their rhetoric because they want their house prices to still be um, really high, they like their pensions, they, they do everything they can to preserve those, and they're basically they're running off with an awful lot of the money mm-hmm. that would traditionally have transferred down to younger people over a period. It's all now locked up with the baby boomers.
0: Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, John, you know, given that we're in, we seem to be in this job loss recovery... How long do you think it will be before we start to see? You know, when, when do you think unemployment will peak? How long will it be before we start to see it coming back down again?
3: Well, I'm still of the view that unemployment will peak in 2012 at mm. something just below three million, about uh, 2.9. But clearly, there's a lot of you know uncertainty around that kind of forecast, and you know, wouldn't what Wish to be uh, too pessimistic, but I think even on you know sort of optimistic forecasts, the chances of getting back to where we were before the recession anywhere soon um, uh, is, uh, is, is unlikely. And um, that's particularly worrying for uh, young people, because I think they, they do need a, a sort of growing and vibrant economy to create jobs in sufficient numbers. And um, if, although, you know, I don't think that we'll see, you know, in five or six years time, youth unemployment of around 20%. Mm-hmm. I'd still think it would probably be somewhere in the order of uh, 15% by Even that time. Even five
0: or six years' time? Yes, yeah, so yeah. I think,
3: um, you know, that will still be a problem. Although at that stage, I think it will be largely focused on the uh, sort of lower echelons of the uh, of, of the jobs, jobs market. Uh, and, of course, these are the people that um, uh, bear the brunt um, of, of so much so sort of social decline and distress. Yeah. And the very people that will also be, um, you know, sort of in the firing line of uh, a lot of the social impact of the cuts. Yeah. So So, that is a sort of lingering problem that I think we may have to uh, live with for some time. And it's not unlike uh, what we saw in especially in the 1980s where we saw a lot of rapid social decline and in many ways uh, a lot of the problems that we currently experience as a society stem and flow from that period.
0: And that rings too Andrew doesn't it with I remember talking to you the other day and you were saying if you look at hiring intentions in the surveys that you've done with your members in the year ahead it doesn't look like like much hiring's going on is that fair?
2: One of the interesting characteristics about the recession was the way in which small businesses particularly were able to hold on to staff um, and Uh, Operate in a more flexible way. That is not the case anymore. Mm -hmm. Hiring prospects have got worse and worse, and moving into 2011, we're seeing for the first time employers looking to shed staff. And that is a real problem. However, Mm -hmm. There's a danger that all we do, and both the government and the critics of the government, look at the negatives and they look at the problems that we face. There are always opportunities in an economic downturn coming out the other side. When you look at particularly young people, over 50% of young people would like to establish their own business one day, have much more control over their lives, yet only 7% go on to do it. And that's crazy. We've got an opportunity now uh, in this crisis, in this problem, to actually make that happen and government should focus more on these opportunities and divert resources to those to make sure that when we come out the other side, we have a more entrepreneurial society that's job creating.
0: And Phil, do you think the decline in sterling will help this this rebalancing of the economy that Mervyn King's talked about that ought to help some sectors flourish that haven't perhaps done so well in the... In the- last 10 years or so well the
1: hawks on the um the bank of england think that is <laughs> they wouldn't you know, agree
0: would they <laughs> well they think it's
1: fallen too far don't Indeed. they they think that this Indeed. unprecedented decline which is helping small businesses export and, mm-hmm. and and obviously big businesses too is really bad you know it's kind of a it's a presents a false picture of britain as something with a you know depressed exchange rate and actually we should have higher interest rates and therefore a higher pound and uh and we should be even more miserable than we are now but, <laughs> You know, I, think, I think one of the problems, I think, when we're discussing this is, is you can look at a macro picture and say, well, Britain is perfectly capable of hauling itself out of this mess. You know, we've done it many times before. We're a big, ugly economy. We do lots of stuff. Uh, you know, arms manufacturing last year was up 8%. Um, <laughs> There's a glimpse you know, of hope for us. Well, <laughs> And obviously, we've discovered some of it went to Libya, you know, but, Apparently. but, but you know, we're doing really well in those sorts of sectors. And uh, the problem is the people who are left behind. You know, we know that we can get, you know, 80, 90 percent of people in employment and they can do really well and get on and recover. But it's the 10, 15 percent and those people who can't get into the jobs market, um, uh, work, you know, mothers who want to get back into the jobs market and things like that. The people who are left behind, particularly in depressed parts of the country. Um, and what do you do about that and if there's no tax if no one's paying any taxes and there's no there's no structure now uh, an infrastructure to help them because it's all being withdrawn as part of the cuts then that maybe they won't riot maybe they won't uh, throw bricks through the window but they'll be completely miserable and you know resort to crime and all the rest of it and those areas will just become even worse
0: well, that's all we have time for this week. You can read more on this issue at guardian.co.uk forward slash business. My thanks to Andrew Cave, John Philpot, and Philip Hinman. The producer was Phil Maynard. I'm Heather Stewart. Goodbye. For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.